Hi, and welcome to the Silverline Podcast, an audio version pulled from the video stream we do a couple of times a week. My name is Roland Mann, and I'm the head honcho at Silverline, where we have a great time making fun comics that we think you'll enjoy. This episode is titled Silverline Comics Live, Current State of the Comic Book Industry. It originally aired on April 8, 2020. So, all right, so I am Roland Mann. I am uh, the host of this thing here. I am the writer of Cat and Mouse, and I am the head wrangler of this uh, motley crew that you see in front of you here. So I want to spend a minute or two and or more than that, and we're just going to go down the, the row here and let everyone introduce themselves and uh, tell the folks that are watching us and listening to us what who you are and what Silverline Project you're working on. So first up, I see Alex. Alex, you self-muted. Uh, <laughs> is that unmuted? Yeah, yeah, we can hear yeah, you. All right. Uh, hello, my name is Alex. Uh, I'm drawing Cat and Mouse issue three right now. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm a penciler. I can do inks and colors. Right now I'm penciling issue three of Cat and Mouse. <laughs> And you're also a uh, graduate of the Kubert School, right? That's correct, yeah. Excellent. Right. And and what, what page are you working on? Uh, this is page 13. Uh, three. Page, page 13 from issue three. Sweet. So see all of you out there who are asking. Yes, we're still working. <clears throat> we're still busy working. Uh, this is Alex's first time to join us, and we're excited that he could do so. We're, we're kind of sad for the reasons Alex has been... Uh, working on most uh, Wednesdays, and um, Alex, did your, your did your place of business shut down? Or I know you've shifted <laughs> some, but no, yeah, uh, it was a restaurant, so it was one of the first to uh, to go for obvious reasons. But I'm fine. I'm doing good. Good. Get more uh, drawing time. Ah, and we like to hear that. <laughs> All right, so next up here is Brent T. Larson. Yeah, I'm the writer and creator of the Silverline comic, Kalis, which just wrapped its second Kickstarter uh, yesterday. So at 206%, huzzah. Huzzah. That's right. And uh, Brent, what do you normally do? You're like a don't you write those words for a different medium? Uh, yes, I do write for other mediums, um, not the kind that do fortune telling, but I mean the actual media. <laughs> um, I'm a, also a screenwriter. And I work in the short film. So That's right. Excellent. Yes, and we're we're very honored that uh, Silverline gets to publish the very first Brent T. Larson comic book. Yes. <laughs> yes, I, I almost said, "Yeah, you should be honored." But what I meant to say was, "Yeah, no, the honor is all mine." Oh my! Instead, you oh. just said, "Yes, yes." <laughs> yeah, uh, and we've got okay. another first timer. Uh, we have with us this time uh, John Martin. John, tell the people who you are. Um, I'm the uh, Viking of the group. <laughs> um, uh, no, uh, I uh, I'm the Zachary's of, alive. No, he's not. <laughs> um, I'm the inker on uh, Friar Rush. Uh, issue one's been done. And from what I've heard from Roland, colors are done. Yes. So it's uh, any time now before you see a Kickstarter. 
And uh, I'm inking issue two as we speak. Sweet. Yeah, we're gonna have to get uh, we're gonna have to get you hooked up with Tommy to get you to figure out how to broadcast your screen here, uh, so that so that the people can see you. Are you already got that figured out, huh? Is that, is that, yeah, I just need to back up. Apparently. Oh no. Okay. So so we're gonna in a in a couple of weeks we're gonna actually have an inkers day where we're gonna let you guys talk about inking. So um, yeah, if you got that figured out, good to go. I'll uh, send you of course all uh, an email and and we'll get the date figured out. But yeah, we'll we'll have a, an inkers thing as well. Another first timer. Well, first timer for the live stream, but a long time Silverline guy, Curtis Fujita. Hello, hello. Good to, be, good to see everybody. Uh, so, just a brief intro. I'm Curtis Fujita. Um, I've known Roland for about 25 years. Uh, I was his assistant back at. You don't Malibu even look Comics. that old, though. Uh, it's all the alcohol. You know, <laughs> <laughs> But, but uh, yeah, so I, I was Roland's uh, assistant during the Malibu days. Uh, did some color design, some editing, a little bit of writing. Uh, then went off to college, got into the video game industry, doing art, animation, things like that. Uh, recent years, I actually transitioned. I'm a martial arts teacher doing that. And uh, Roland invited me to come work with uh, Team Silverline. So I'm currently the creative director at Silverline and an editor on the uh, Halo series with Brent, which is just um, so happy to be part of it. So yeah, good to see everybody. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, and, and, and for those of you who um, who don't know or who know a little bit about martial arts, I don't know that much. I know just a little bit. Um, Curtis does have his own martial arts school, so he is the Sifu there, which is the the, the high lord teacher. And he's the, <laughs> he's, he's, he is the master of the school. Is that not correct? I mean, is that... Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm an instructor. We'll just put it. I'm, I'm an instructor <laughs> yeah, but you but you are the top instructor of your school. Yeah, you know, big, big yeah. fish in a small pond. So. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I, I know, I, and I've seen you. Um, I've seen you. You know, post pictures and videos of um, uh, some of the. I don't know. I don't know what the your seafoods. Some who have come before you and and have taught you, but for your school, you are you are the head teacher there. Yes, that's right. Excellent. Uh, so, all of you out there listening, don't mess with Curtis. He knows how to smack you before you can even blink your eyes. And right. sure I, can edit, I can edit a good comic, too. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, yeah, Kalis will be, uh, Kalis 2 will be ready before you know it. Uh, all right. Next up is Sid. What's up, Sid? I like your banner, man. You're, you're muted, by the way. Uh, yeah, I knew. I okay. knew. I, well, there were more people between. On my screen, there were more people between me. I thought it was. Oh, I thought I was last. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Glad you liked the banner. I was trying to, uh, you know, make good use of this space. Uh, yeah. So, so seeing your banner before you before you, I interrupt you in your your introduction here. Seeing the banner, one of the things because I see your disciples uh, of the serpent and dark hours there. One of the things that. Um, we're trying to do on the Silverlight website is trying to become an Amazon affiliate. So one of the posts we had on Sunday, we had a whole bunch of links there to some of Ari Jones's work, a whole bunch of Sid's work, uh, some work by uh, Chuck Fordell, uh, and cool. some some stuff uh, that I did. So if any of you other guys have um, work on Amazon, please send me the link, and we'll put that on uh, Amazon affiliate. Uh, really, what that does is that we're, we we want people to obviously know and be aware of your work that's outside of Silverline, but if they click on that, 
it gives us points somehow. And I'm not really sure how it works yet because we, we don't have any. <laughs> so I'm not sure what it does, but I, I think uh, an affiliate right is probably a good thing for us to be. So I think it gives you a few pennies whenever a purchase is made from that. I kind of think so. Yeah. 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 So who are you, I uh, am the author of these novels, as we've uh, been talking about, and uh, some short stories. And for Silverline, uh, I wrote, which way is he from me? I I wrote the uh, comic that John was talking about, uh, Fire Rush. Uh, I wrote that, and I wrote uh, another one coming uh, down the pike eventually from Silverline Bloodline. And uh, in the old days, the scary book and... uh, Marauder, Marauder, and the Mantis, Mantis Files. Yes, yeah. so. Brett should be putting up some uh, some images here as you talk. So hopefully, some of those will uh, pop up. I, I know we've got some Friar Rush images. So cool, cool. I'm uh, in an anthology that's kind of exciting, uh, about to roll out. It's part of a story bundle right now. Uh, the only way you can get it is to to buy the the story bundle uh, of uh, cat books. But uh, it's called Cat Ladies of the Apocalypse. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And cool I title. A, yeah, and it was it was planned um, it was planned last fall, so nobody knew we were going to be in the middle of an apocalypse when it was time for it to roll out. <laughs> my story in it is called "The Witch of Washington Park," uh, post-apocalyptic landscape, uh, and uh, uh, botanist essentially trying to uh, uh, figure out ways to make uh, new agriculture possible in a in an apocalypse urban agriculture yeah yep so everybody listen run out and jump uh and pick up some of those books and support sid thanks yeah uh so next on my list of murderers roll row here is uh formati you know it would help if i click the uh microphone buttons (laughs) how's everybody doing um i am the inker on trump's it's a uh card-based kind of uh, comic book that Roland's actually writing. And uh, while the uh, while we're doing the, this uh, live cast here, I'm going to be inking some so they'll be able to switch back and forth to it. So uh, I've been inking for forever. I, for a long time. Like, yeah. <laughs> done a lot of stuff with Roland, done a lot of stuff with a bunch of folks, but uh, I'm having a good time. Excellent. And, uh, oh, I forgot to shut off my email. I got that nasty message here. I have to shut that off in a second. Uh, and and so uh, since we started these live streams, Tommy, you've been blazing through the inks, haven't you? Um, well, you know, I can't <laughs> let it. Well, I, I'm like on our book beside you because, I mean, you've already, you know, you've written the, the story already. I'm the, uh, the, the quote unquote season pro i can't let the other people just pass me by on getting all their stuff done so i need to catch up <laughs> yeah so so what you're saying is you kind of had to kick it in gear right yes yeah well you know back in the day if you remember i was able to do you know three or four pages a day of yes. quality you know work so you know doing one every two or three months is not gonna work so i need to yeah. speed this up a little bit yeah yeah, and, and when Tommy says back in the day, now this goes back to my days as editor, and Curtis was there too. Curtis right. probably received a whole bunch of the packages. Uh, uh, I, I hired Tommy to do a whole bunch of uh, inking on a bunch of different projects. Probably a lot one of ultraverse more, stuff. A ultraverse, lot of probably one of the stuff. Yep. high profile thing is probably uh, Nightman over Kyle Hotz. And, oh, yep, yep, um, yep. So, and he, but even far as back as uh, inking uh, several of the uh, Cat and Mouse 
So that's yeah. right. Yep. Plus yep. Demon Tales and uh, several Over other. Paul Pelletier. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, yep. Yep. Long, long time. Long time. Tell me so I, should, I should be doing more than one page a month is what we're trying to get at. Yeah, yeah. you really should. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're doing that because I was asking BJ to help me find that whip that, uh, you know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. So, I turned in a few pages the past week. So Yes, and they look awesome, too. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll get them up. Uh, I'll... I'll have to I'll have to get them and fix them and give them to Brett so that Brett can display them on our live stream. Yes, uh, next week. Last cool. but not least is COVID Tim. COVID Tim. Uh, yep. Uh, also Corona Commander. Um, That's right. Yeah. Uh, hi, I'm Tim. I am the associate editor at Silverline. Uh, so I take all of Roland's excess brain stuff and process it. Um, I help run the website with scheduling. I am currently running the craft series. I am editing a book, which is uh, as yet not publicized. And um, what else am I doing? I just realized that I've been taking uh, at-home Kung Fu lessons from Curtis. Oh, cool. (laughs) Have you really been taking those? Uh, Yeah, since her show, I've been following them and uh, going along with it. (laughs) Sweet! Oh, that's awesome. Very cool. There you go. <laughs> Very cool. So, Tim, you know we, we awesome. To, Thank you so much. <laughs> you know we have to ask you, Tim, how you feeling, man? How's how's the uh, how's the corona and how's your improvement and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, it's um, at this point. I feel like it's been about a month or so. Yeah. Um, so uh, again, I I feel great. I've been um, at the secondary job, just sort of going about life as usual. Um, but uh, they're staying at home a lot more. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, again, so, they just happen to be in a lucky circumstance, being young and uh, being um, athletic. Yeah. So, are you? Do you feel like you're? Are you a hundred percent? Are you still in the? I would maybe, say so. Are you? Wow, that's that's great. That's fantastic. So, um, I think that's good to to you know again, like I've said before on here, that, that you're the only person I know, uh, and this whole entirety of the United States who's you know who's had the disease. Or the not the disease, uh, uh, the <laughs> virus. Sorry. Sometimes it's, I, I feel like it's a disease the way they talk about it on uh, on uh, the media so much. But you're the only one who's had the virus uh, that I know, and so it's good to kind of hear your experience and the way that uh, you kind of handle it and, and come through with with uh, flying colors. So, and we're glad to see that you're you're certainly recovered. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes, I'm very very aware that you have sent me an email and says, "Hey, do you have this? Do you have this done? Do you have this done?" <laughs> Yes, I, I know it's there. I see it, and it calls to me whenever I look at my email, and I'm like, oh, i got to answer Tim. No, I don't have it finished. I have it kind of done, but no, I'm going to avoid Tim a little bit longer. And then I, I realize that I can't avoid you on Wednesday nights. I, I, I'm uh, one of the few people on Roland's life besides his wife who gives him deadlines. <laughs> That's true. It's very true. So, um, so yeah, my face is probably turning about the same color as my shirt now. So and uh, deadlines are good; they keep him on track. That's <laughs> right. Um, and since you spoke up, uh, I want to take this uh, time to introduce two of our behind-the-scenes folks. Uh, my lovely bride of twenty years, uh, BJ. How you doing? Say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. <laughs> BJ is, uh, I, I guess someone, I heard someone the other day say, uh, uh, Karen the Wrench. She's uh, handling all the chat uh, for all of our v- various uh, streams, uh, which we're streaming on Twitch. 
Um, we're streaming on YouTube and on Facebook Live. So if you're joining us from one of those, uh, thank you so very much. BJ's the one. Uh, pepper her with uh, questions, and she'll make sure that I get those questions so that we can answer uh, here live uh, for you. And then uh, the other behind the scenes fell out. I don't know if you can actually hear him, but uh, what's that? Okay, so he tells me in my ear that you cannot hear him. So uh, Brett is my son, and he's handling all our uh, uh, the the techie stuff kind of behind the scenes, making sure that uh, all this is going out to where it needs to be, uh, leaving me free to you know harass the the, the murderers row here and, and just run my yak, which I'm I'm pretty good at. So. Um, Okay, so we're not doing the craft session, the craft segment today, because one of the things that uh, we want to do is we want to talk about what's happening in the comic book industry. So I'm going to take just a second to run down a really quick, really quick synopsis of kind of what's happened. And once I finish that, if you guys, if, if I get anything wrong, jump in and talk to me, and then we'll kind of just see where the conversation goes from there. But um, I, I had several windows pulled up so that I can I can get some of this, but um, I don't have the date for it. But this would have been mid March. Uh, comic uh, printers announced that they're going to stop printing comic books. Uh, and when I say printers, I don't mean all printers. Obviously, there are still some that are are, are working and, and printing books, but I'm talking about the the, the, the major printers, uh, and I don't know who they are. I, I'm going to guess it's probably uh, uh, Quebecor or World Color. Um, I don't know which one it was, but basically, it's the printer that handles all of the Marvel and DC books. They announced that they're not going to print any books, and of course, then Marvel has to say, guess what? We're not going to ship any books. Uh, then on March the 23rd, Diamond Comics distributors announced that they're going to stop shipping new books. Uh, obviously, Marvel and DC is the primary uh, supplier of books to comic shops. And um, so when Diamond announces that, uh, it means that none of the retailers, none of the shops across the, the U.S. and uh, in a many uh, external places um, are not going to get any new comics. This caused a major ruckus. And on April 1st, a place called, uh, or a thing, a, a software or group, somebody called Comic Sub, announced they were going to distribute digital copies to the comic shops. The plan was Marvel and DC were going to release the books digitally via Comics Hub that would be distributed to all of the comic shops. Fans could come into the comic shops, buy their digital copy. They would get to read it. And then once books begin to ship again, whenever that is, whether it's a month or two months or three months or next week, no one knows, right? But when books begin to ship again, they would have their code from having purchased the digital copy, and then they would get their print copy. Uh, that was squashed really quickly. As retailers went, no, 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 no. We don't like this. This is a way that you're going to use to kill us and take all of our business away. And it wasn't, I don't I don't have the exact day for that, but um, uh, it didn't last very long. I want to say three days. Uh, and a comic sub announced that, the, yeah, they're not going to do that because retailers are uh, not going to take that. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, that's still that one. And then 
on April the 6th, which is two days ago, which is Monday, Diamond Comics announced that they won't be able to pay publishers in full until late August. So for those of you who are not aware of it, what happens is publishers tell Diamond, Diamond, we have a comic book. It's going to be available uh, on, on this date and this month. Diamond collects all of those uh, from all the various publishers. They collect all the books that are going to be available in that month. They put together a catalog. They send that catalog out to retailers. Retailers say, oh, these are all the books that are going to be available in June. I want that one, that one, that one, that one, that one, right? And they send that book. Uh, they send that catalog, their order form, back to Diamond. Diamond correlates those. Gets their book. When the books come in, Diamond gets all those books, and they ship them to the comic shops, okay? Um, comic, uh, the comic retailers pay Diamond, right, for the comics that they purchase. Diamond uh, gathers all that money, and then Diamond then pays the publishers. Diamond has announced two days ago that it won't be able to pay the publishers in full until at least August. Y'all, we're in April, right? And they're telling they're telling them that they won't be able to pay them until at least August. That was two days ago. This is where we're at. Any, anybody want to jump in here? I actually saw something recently. I have to go hunt it down that said the diamond was actually changed and it was going. They were going to pay twenty five percent of what they owed publishers. I've got that memo. Uh, I'm I'm working to pull that one up. I have that memo as well. Um, let me see if I can find it. Um, They're also saying something about uh, shipping to ho- a retailer's home address as well. Yes. Uh, yeah. With diamond. <clears throat> but between the, I know there's been a few conversations me and Roland have had and Diamond. Eventually, Comics was going to have to figure out how to get another uh, two or three more distributors into the game because Diamond just couldn't stay the only one. Because look what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that, and that's a problem. Um... Well, they their their quality of shipping and packing had gone down profusely uh, anyway. In the way they treated a lot of retailers. Yeah, well, you know the thing about it is Diamond is a Diamond is a legal um, Diamond is a legal monopoly. Um, they've been sued multiple times uh, in the last couple of years. Whenever I tell my students that, they're often just really shocked <clears throat> this has happened. But the but the part of the problem is, uh, and some people get mad at at, uh, at uh, Jeppy. Uh, part of the problem is. Uh, the comic book industry probably would have. Gone, I'm still looking for that. Uh, that memo. The comic book industry probably would have really collapsed in the '90s had it not been for him, because uh, one of the things that happened. Uh, well, good grief! Um, I, I, I'm trying to get it in the message, and I keep getting messages, and it keeps scrolling up. Uh, one of the thing. Here we go. Uh, one of the things that happened was. Uh, you know, the, the late 90s had the comic book crash. That's when so many people, creators, so many creators left the industry to go do other things. They went to animation. They went to film. They went to uh, teaching at the university. Uh, <laughs> people just, the, the industry crashed. Um, where When I first got into, in the late 80s, when I first got into the, the industry, there were 12, maybe more, but there were 12 distributors. Throughout the course of the 90s, some folded, some sold, some merged, and then essentially 
it got so bad that Diamond was the last one standing. They didn't put everybody else out of business. They didn't go after them. They didn't they didn't target them to kill them. Now they did end up signing some exclusives, which I think kind of hurt a couple of the other ones. But it was kind of a it was kind of a, a last man standing monopoly. All the others and, just like and Marvel bought one of them and then it fell. Heroes World, yeah, Marvel bought Heroes World <laughs> with the intention to kind of you know be what self distribute, and that didn't work. Again, it, it, you know, Marvel bought their own distributor. But it failed. That's not Diamond's fault that that the Marvel distributor failed, right? So, um, so since and I don't know exactly what year, but since sometime in the late '90s, Diamond has been the only comics distributor in the United States. Um, like I said, they've been sued a couple of times, but judges kind of said, "Start your own distributor if you want to." You know, <laughs> they're not stopping you. So, um, so yeah, I, I realize that Diamond gets a lot of uh, grief. Um, you know, probably like any, um, any corporate entity that has so much power, mm. because really, if you want your book in comic shops, what are you going to do? Well, I, I think, you know, it is, you know, we've had this conversation between ourselves, Roland, it's, you know, part of the the disconnect with all of the love of comics and the love of comics and movies right now and the the actual sales of books and uh and the the actual paper comics in people's hands it's it's not you know it's not it's not all aligned and uh uh it has to do with consumer choice and uh probably publisher decisions and, and lots of other things. Uh, and it's, it's, we're in a difficult time in the world right now. And I think we're, we're definitely in a difficult time for many businesses and, and some uh, problems that were already there in comics are, are exacerbated now. And, uh, uh, you know, a lot of shops are going to close and uh, some small publishers are, are going to have to retool or, or, or close or whatever. If I can interject, if I can interject, yeah. What you know, one one thing I think Roland's always said to me, and you know, about different creators, it's almost like the the gold standard for being successful in comics isn't to make a good comic; it's to have your comic licensed to be a movie or a TV or things like that. And so there's this this big disconnect from the actual art form being a justification for itself. You know, um, I think nowadays we try and say to people, well, if you like the movie, then you like the comic book. Well. The average person, why would they want to read a comic book when they can just sit down and be entertained and all the hard work's done on screen? I think we have to, and I don't know how we're going to do this, but I think we have to get back to the root, which is it's a good comic book because it's a good comic book because it's a good comic book. Amen. And, right? And yeah. uh, can I get a witness? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so so I think I think that's kind of the, the faulty ground that everything's been based on, you know, um, there's this appearance that comic books are successful to the general public because of the intellectual property. But as far and as the, make billions. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, but, um, you know, I think that, that that's, that's, that's the challenge, right? Is how do we get back to that core where people actually like the art form for what it is. And, and when that there's that disconnect, you know, we have situations like we have now uh, yeah. where it's on fragile ground. You know? yeah. yeah. And as an industry, comics is already kind of, especially for indies at least where 
and these only really have one product, which is the book itself, are propped up against uh, inflation. Whereas with the movie, you can spend $5 on a matinee and you get an hour and a half, two hours of content. Whereas with like your traditional floppy, going price is about $4 and your reading time is going to be about a minute page. So 22 pages, 22 minutes. And if it doesn't matter how good it is, uh, trying to convince someone that, no, you really want to spend these 22 minutes over this two hours of content. Um, and uh, Sid posted an article about this earlier in our own discussion where um, kind of bringing back the uh, debate of should comics switch your focus more to uh, trades and volumes just because it packages more for the consumer. That's a that's a good observation, you know. I, I was just thinking. What are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah. Go ahead. I, I, I'll I'll speak to it. I mean, it, it is easier for the consumer, and and that's why I think you know we see some success with trades, uh, and you know you get a complete story there versus uh, you know I found issue one it was con- uh, continued, uh, and now I can't get issue two or I can't find issue two or I've got a order a back issue or whatever and a trade you get a nice uh lengthy reading experience because you know it's it's multiple issues together it's multiple pages and you're not going to reach that point where uh oh it's continued and uh you know i got uh i got the first part of a green lantern green arrow story uh probably about 1971 then about 1995, I got around to finding the back issue uh, <laughs> continuation. <laughs> when I had a few bucks of my own, you know, it was it was hard to find comics when I was a kid. We got yeah. it at a quick stop off of the rack, you know, as Green Lantern, Green Arrow, and Speedy is on heroin, and it, you know, big uh, Neil Adams uh, drug Neil drug Neil pro- yeah yeah drug problem, and then uh, never could find the next issue when it came out. Didn't yeah. you know? wasn't on the stands at the quick stop and, and all that. And, uh, you know, the trade addresses a lot of those issues. And, uh, and I know I, as a consumer like trades, so, so it, it is, it bears thinking about it, at least. Yeah. Is well, everybody I think, familiar? I'll say, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, well, I mean, I, I kind of like trades, but then I don't kind of don't like trades. I kind of like the idea of going through and collecting the story, mm-hmm. especially like back in the day, you had the old, uh, they used to like reference back to things, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and that made you want to go look, go out and hunt down those books. Uh, and then you also had a lot of books also that was a story within itself. Right. And that, so you, yeah. you could jump in at any time and be in, like, oh, that right there was actually pretty good. I wonder what the next issue is going to have in it. Yeah. You know, you didn't have to sit there and, like, you know, be like, oh, no, now I'm lost in this arc because some of those older, even though they were in arcs, they still were in a story amongst themselves within those 24 pages. Yeah, there's a lot more self contained. You just get the big splash on the front saying, this issue of Wolverine versus the Colossus. Right. <laughs> Like today, it's, it feels like Dragon Ball C, where you have five issues of buildup, and then issue six, you have one splash that's the fight, and then it's over, set up for the next arc. <laughs> yeah, well, like exactly. Fatal Attractions was easy to, uh, back when Fatal Attractions came out, that whole event where Wolverine lost the metal on his bones. Oh, yeah. It yeah. was still relatively yeah. easy to follow. 
You mm-hmm. didn't have to go through and collect every single issue to know what was going on. Is, yeah, is everybody familiar with um, the, like you were mentioning Dragon Ball, um, how they distributed in, in Japan for decades and decades, they have that unique business model where on a weekly occasion, they have that huge digest. I mean, it looks like a, like yeah, a phone yeah. book, right? Shonen Jump. And, yeah, like Shonen Jump and, and, you know, Young Magazine. And within that big phone book, like over a thousand pages, they have maybe seven or ten pages of different stories for each comic book. So you may have like 20 different stories in there. And so this is an interesting business model because it kind of supports itself. I mean, being 10 pages of the other book. And then later on, they put it all together into separate novels, Dragon Ball or One Piece or things like that. And I sometimes wonder how that would do in kind of day and age, you know, with well, you, short you know, we used to do those big anthology kind of books, but they, they don't seem to, or, or at least for what I remember, they don't seem to have done or do as well as, uh, you know, like they do overseas and stuff where they do the, the bigger, thicker books. And now, you know, it's like an American thing to do just a single, you know, 20, 24 page book. So maybe we're doing it wrong is that what it is going on <laughs> but Arctic Rest is doing the anthology thing right now who who is antarctic press and they're actually having yeah. success with the anthologies is it and i know dc's been uh kind of playing with it a bit more because they started doing bops where every time they do a new line or they start a new arc they'll do a bop before they launch into it which is their best of print hmm. whatever which is just a take from each of their 52 main franchises is that the one that they uh, they put into uh, like the WalMarts and stuff? Uh, I know they were putting some cheap reprints into Walmart, which I thought was great. It, it, it's it's not it's not that, but it, it's 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 like the Shonen Jump where it's just okay. Here's the new Fifty Two reboot. Here's the new Fifty Two pop. It's ten pages of either prologue or cuts from like the best moments going into this new. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so you know you talk you you know and talking about the trades versus the floppies. Um, I, I, I do think that, um, the, the, the younger generation of readers, uh, do tend to prefer, uh, the, the, the trades. Uh, if we look at kind of their consumption habits as well, uh, we have, you know, I mean, how many times have you heard someone say they binged uh, a show from Netflix, right? Yeah. Now, uh, you know, uh, for me, well, the first time I heard that, I'm like, well, why would you do that? Because don't you want to watch one episode and then, you know, it kind of ends and then wait a day and watch the next episode, you know? Oh, back in my day, we used to have to wait a whole week before we got the next show, you know? Um, but but one of the things I've noticed is that the they're willing to read trades. And here's something else I noticed from, from my students is that um, – they're willing to read independent comics. It seems like the younger generation are not so Marvel, DC, Marvel, DC. They're like, show me something good. My generation, right? My, my generation, a lot of the people I knew were like, oh, if it's not Marvel or DC, I don't want to try it. Now, as an independent comic book maker and a reader, I always had problems understanding that mentality. But that was very much my generation of readers. That was the mentality they had, that if it didn't have Spider-Man or Batman on it, they, they weren't interested. Um, so well, what I'm, about 
I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, just, I, I'm excited about the, the the younger generation of readers, and also, you know, as a as a way to kind of you know fly the silver line banner. You know, one of the things that uh, you you guys probably note, one of the things that is our, is our model is that that we're doing these individual issues with the goal towards a trade. Of course. So, you know, we yes, we are doing the individual issues partly so that we can fundraise and, and help us to make a little bit of money as we go along. But the end goal is to get a trade that we can deliver to a consumer, hopefully, and that they they will you know read that. Well, in uh, your your other your other job, <laughs> when you're not making uh, comics and you're teaching comics, the the younger folks are they are they wanting printed books or are they wanting to go digital with everything? Because that's uh, I mean I, I want them to go print because you know my other job is is printing. So I don't want that to go away. <laughs> but uh, what 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 are your what are the kids your kids when you when you talk about that kind of stuff in glass? What are they thinking? Uh, I, I think that so so since you're you're asking me as the teacher, yeah, uh, I don't think that um, because we're talking I, about the thickness of the book. You know, I, I mean, if it's a digital thing, well, you know, it doesn't matter how big it is because it's just digital. So I, I got to finish. I started I started to answer this question here. Uh, be right back. Can't type. And <laughs> I was trying to answer. The, someone said, "Who's the Who's the creators here?" Uh, so so let me let me address this, and we'll we'll go back and I'll run down a, a quick intro list again for those who are popping in. So y'all be patient with me. All right. Um, so so what what I'm seeing a couple things from the students. Uh, I, I'm seeing that uh, they don't like words on the page. Uh, one of the things, oh, what? I okay. know, I know. Do they it, want it read to them? Is it that what it is? <laughs> cringe and laugh every time when I hear them say, there are too many words on this page. I'm like, yeah, but I haven't assigned a Chris Claremont book to you yet, oh, right? Okay. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, that, I, I do see that. Uh, I don't see them having a preference one way or the other over digital versus uh, print. Uh, but what I do see is them not being as interested in the collectible uh, idea that probably many of us here are. I mean, we kind of like the idea that, oh, I'm going to get this one because, you know, it's it's the issue that came right before this one. And it's the first appearance of this character. We kind of like the idea of collectible. My wife won't let me shoot this in my office because behind me is a bunch of comic book boxes. And she says, that's too busy. Nobody wants to see all that. <laughs> oh, I thought you had the your your banners were covering your box. <laughs> no, no, no. She's moved me to a different room because she, oh. those, those are ugly. People don't want to see those. All right. So, uh, but 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 for me, a lot of it is, hey, I've got issues one, two, three, four, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, I gotta get that missing issue, right? It's a collectible kind of thing. I don't think that uh, a lot of them, uh, a, a lot of them have that kind of same mentality. Uh, all right. So let me go through because uh, uh, I see a couple of questions on the stream of asking who who. Uh, people are someone says i know that's rolling man in the kablam shirt yes this is uh i'm rolling i'm in the kablam shirt i'm he sleeps in that shirt <laughs> uh, i'm gonna have to describe the pictures because not all of you because i'm noticing in the stream uh everybody's names are real tiny so the penciler the guy penciling there he's penciling an issue of cat and mouse that's alex gallimore who is uh penciling cat and mouse i just said that um <laughs> 
The fellow with the gray shirt and the white uh, stringy earbuds there, that's Brent T. Larson. He is the uh, creator and writer of uh, Kalos. Uh, the big bearded guy next to him that looks like, uh, oh, come on, help me out. Uh, Brian Blessed, right, from uh, Flash Gordon. This is, why, this is why I said earlier, I said, what? Zachary's alive? Right? That's, uh, that's John Martin. He's inking uh, Friar Rush. Uh, right next to him. Thanks, Roland. Uh, Thanks. The, who, who looks like he's all of 13 is uh is curtis fujita uh who is uh, the creative director at silverline uh let's see next up is sid uh sid's, sid's the one who looks real respectable here uh, and he's not holding up his little twitter address this time yeah, man, this is, oh, this is the man's files right of one of my comics so yeah, the, sid, the sid, files, uh, number three Sidney williams who has uh, written a whole bunch of stuff uh not just for silverline but a whole bunch of stuff <laughs> Uh, see right next to him in the uh, baseball cap, that is Thomas Flamonti. And someone says that was a previous speaker. I don't know or not, but Tommy's also doing a bunch of inking, uh, yep. but he's got the baseball cap on there. So, and he then switching it back and forth between the live and the uh, the iPad. Eternity, look at somebody's Eternity Comics, dude. That's right. Tommy's some of Tommy's very first work was with. Oh Tommy. no! What the? Can I can I mention that? Sure. <laughs> so some of Tommy's very, I, I want to say it was your very first inking job, your very first paid inking job. Uh, so wait, was this before or after Demon's Tales? Scum of the Earth. No, that was that was the very, very first thing. First, okay. Of the Earth. So yeah. yeah, so Eternity Comics, one of uh, uh, Tommy's very first uh, paid gig was to ink Scum of the Earth. Which was uh, a movie adaptation yes. of, of a of a or B movie kind of oh, kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. Say, is that a uh, um, gosh? The guy that did and that's going to escape me. But the guy that did Herschel uh, Gordon uh, Lewis. Yeah, H. G. Lewis. Yeah. It, it, you know, it might have been because I did a, a an adaptation of a different Herschel Gordon Lewis uh, movie around that same time. Uh, Malibu had Malibu was was active or Eternity certainly. Well, they were very active at seeking out a lot of yeah, uh, really. B movies for, for for known properties, right? And, and it oh, it's easy to 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 you know they already had a cult following. Right? I don't know if mine the one I did had a cult. Are the sales apparently it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course, last but not least, I'm gonna get through the the list here. Last but not least, uh, he looks like he's on the far right of the screen for me. Uh, that's Tim Thiessen. He is our uh, he is our token COVID uh, virus carrier. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's well. He's well. Recovered. He is, he is now, yeah. He, uh, Tim's I, uh, an editor for uh, for Silverline. Uh, I got better. It got better. Yeah, that's right. So, um, you we were asking these questions. One of the things that uh, what we're talking about is kind of the state of the industry right now. What with Diamond not shipping and comic shops uh, closing down, floppies and trades and all that kind of stuff. So, um, uh, oh. just for uh, yeah. Your- go back. Uh, Scum of the Earth was not an H.G. Lewis uh, property. It was just uh, a cult film. It was just a bad movie, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. F- SF, uh, SF Brown Rig. Uh, I-, I should know that, but anyway. They, you know, they also had some, uh, the, uh, Eternity also had some kind of deal with Full Moon, where they did a mm. lot of the Full Moon uh, movies. Toxic Avenger, I think Toxic Avenger. No, that Toxic Avenger wasn't Full Moon. That's Trauma. Oh, man. They yeah. did. Um, um, What's the subspecies was that? after? Yeah, yeah, full moon. Well, that's, that's when Curtis Malibu was a whole bunch of those, didn't you? Malibu <laughs> was like five different little sub 
printing groups, or you remember at the time, they had a bunch of, uh, remember they had a rock and roll line? They yeah. had, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that, I that didn't was... afford with them. <laughs> oh, did you really? <laughs> That's right. Oh, yeah. boy. I did the comic book Lita Ford. Oh, okay. All right. That's a different show. Different show. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, so let's get back on track here. Yep. Uh, so we're talking about uh, the floppies and, and trades. And as we think about where we are now, where do you guys, uh, where do you guys see the industry uh, recovering and Alex, I'm, I'm about to put you on the spot. You, you've been kind of quiet here, and and even though I love to see you penciling that those gorgeous panels of cat and mouse, um, want, want to get kind of a a, a young perspective, right? Uh, comic shops are 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 struggling right now because they're not getting any content. Alex, what do you see happening? What, what do you see? What what happens here? Um, I think you're going to see like a lot more. Uh, like an influx of Kickstarter Indiegogo projects from uh, creators that were working for like bigger uh, publishers. And, uh, you know, they're already kind of starting to ask the questions, should they, or should they not? And uh, I think you're going to see in the next coming months, if all this COVID-19 stuff doesn't clear out that you'll have more, more and more projects and, it'll be an interesting landscape if they'll continue that route or they'll go back to their publishers. Uh, I know in terms of floppies and trade paperbacks, I know uh, like major publishers don't want to do an only paperback kind of mindset just because that way you lose more monthly readers and uh, that just kind of like becomes a slippery slope. But... Yeah, I mean, I think comic shops would be fine um, in as long as this whole COVID-19 thing clears up. If it lasts more than like three or four months, I'm, I don't know. It'll be quite interesting to see what happens with them. Yep, my wife was telling me earlier she had heard that uh, the uh, shutdown could go as long as uh, as July. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and... I was going to say um, NPR. Um they talked to a professor of virology out of a school in Seattle and they did a, um, it, they have a graph where you can see the forecasted peak of virality in each state. And some states are pushed out into August for like when they reach peak exposure levels. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That that's, that's, you know, it's kind of scary. Uh, but we're still seeing, though, I, you know, the, the thing that I kind of always go back to, Tommy and I were talking about this a little bit today, the thing that I always go back to is that we still have something like a 99% um, uh, recovery rate. Yeah. Um, and, and, of course, you know, you could turn it around the other way and say, yeah, well, that means we have like a 1% doesn't make it. Uh, of course, it's terrible. That's not what I'm suggesting. But I, I think that in the big scope, in the big scheme of things, we are having a 99% recovery rate. And, and, and from where I stand, 99% is pretty good. Well, what I are they think... saying like, a, like last week they were talking, you know, in the U S anyway, we've over 200,000. And then now they're saying, you know, maybe 80, it's only they're, been a few days and you know, they're walking think... that back. But, uh, and I, you know, it's, it's, 
It's hard to know. And, and the thing, I, I don't remember who said it, but but there was one virologist or whatever who said, we don't know what we don't know about COVID-19. No. And yeah. uh, it, it, you know, continues to throw curveballs. Uh, uh, I think hopefully, you know, we'll see a treatment come down the pike that is effective, that kind of cuts down the burden on healthcare. And ultimately a vaccine, but you know that with testing and everything, of course, it, that that seems to be many months away. Uh, but uh, you know, also eventually, you know, we develop an immunity one way or another. We get it. it probably, very unlikely, Tim will get it again. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's hope not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I read. Uh, I read. You know, uh, another virologist who said, you know, looking at the you know, components of it, you, it shouldn't come back to you. Yeah, uh, they, they, right. you. You'll see reports that they think, well, this person caught it. He, and the scientist said that's probably it bouncing back. Mm-hmm. Uh, one way or another, there is another side of this. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a long, brutal haul. But I do think we'll see retail recover but there will be casualties just like, yeah. you know, it, right. Uh, there would be shops close. I, uh, I used to uh, have a subscription service in the eighties and nineties because uh, the comic shop near me closed then. And uh, you'd get a box of books month, month, you know, you got a form and you filled it out and you got was a box from of Westfield. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There was Westfield and American. And I, yeah. I got most of my stuff from Westfield and I, I did think too. Uh, American, I would get stuff from American. Uh, but you know, a couple of months ahead, you got the checklist, and you got the the different circulars from DC and uh, the Indies and everything, and you made your choice, and you got a box of comics. And uh, I don't know if you know any of that still exists, but uh, 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 so some of it is limited. Yeah. Um, uh, but if I see anything like that, it's usually regional. Like there'll be a shop in Portland that will give you a local, so you can get Dark Horse and Oni in Oregon. But yeah, yeah. Um, kind of on that same topic, I have a notes. I have, I have a set of notes of things I've seen kind of pop up in the last week, and talking about uh, our retail stores and delivery methods. Something I thought was kind of cool seeing some pros um, kind of rally the wagons around our local shops. So the current writer of Batman, I forgot his name, but he, I believe it was him, started the hashtag uh, "New to You Comic Book Day." Since oh yeah. Yeah, new new complicated days. This is our first Wednesday of the first Wednesday of the month without new books in stores. Yeah. So he said, "Okay, so here's my recommendations for this week. Here's something that's new to you. Call or shop, see if they can deliver, or see if you can, like pick it up outside because some shops still have the, you know, pass, pass cash under the window." Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There are some shops that are still operating, uh, and there are some states. Tommy was telling me he, he heard there were seven states. There are some states that are still operating normally. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think Missouri is one of those that they're still they're still carried on as if you know nothing's going on. So, right. um, you know, uh, <laughs> do they not know anything's going on? Is that what the problem is? Well, I, I just think that they're. <laughs> I, I don't think that the virus has. I, I don't think it's really affected them. So, 
they're kind of like, well, it's not here. We don't need to shut down at this point in time. I mean, I don't know the reasons. I, I yeah, I, I was, there, there are probably a lot of reasons. But no, I talked to uh, Robert Pettit, who or I texted with Robert Pettit, which is amazing uh, that I texted with Robert yes. Pettit. Uh, he was the <laughs> co-author of the short story, which we adapted into the upcoming comic Bloodline. Uh, but old friend of mine, and and Robert is. Oh, I know I look old compared to a lot of these guys, but uh, Robert's real old now. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, there are like three cases in a four county area where he lives. And uh, so he goes to get, he gets his meals out anyway, and he yeah. continues to go and get his main uh, meal in the afternoon at a, at a restaurant now yeah. uh, and didn't seem too scared, uh, you know, because again, only a few cases around him. And I guess it's the, the population is spread out and it's rural enough where he is that, uh, yeah. you know, not a lot of world travelers coming. Yeah, in, yeah, in going to, yeah. To, to to rural East Texas where Robert, yeah. wherever the hell Robert is. Yeah, so, so <laughs> I said a know, bad word. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, uh, so you know, there, there, and if, there is still some of that. And as Tim mentioned, there's still a lot of them doing, you know, the curbside uh, delivery, which is something that I know is pretty common in our area here. Some of them are doing deliveries, but I have mm-hmm. seen some shops say and that's tough on us. We've got to get your comics and drive them to you. Um, so they, they're, they're encouraging the curbs, curbside delivery. So uh, anybody else have any thoughts on where, on where comic shops, uh, you know, might be headed before I, I move on? I, I well, think we should I absolutely encourage people to support their local shops. Oh, absolutely. With know, whatever uh, they're doing. Yeah. Nick Bradshaw had a good idea and he's been doing it for three weeks now. Uh, where uh, he has people on a post to post their receipts from comic book retailers showing, you know, Hey, I've supported retailers this week and he's doing a give, he's doing a drawing that he's giving away. I've actually done that same thing. He had the idea. I just like, you know what? I want to do that too. And I've been doing that too for about three weeks now. There's been a few people that have popped in, you know, posted the screenshot paid screenshots or receipts you know, I got comics this week. I even made a mention, you know, to, hey, even call your comic shop and see what old, you know, storylines that you, you know, are out there. What do they recommend something for you to get into, mm-hmm. you know, to, get you know, try to push people to buy, you know, back issues because God knows the 90s put out a whole bunch of back issues. Oh, there's a lot of stuff <laughs> <I haven't read. laughs> Everybody talks about how the 90s sold more comics than any other, you know, year. Well, they're still all at the store. That's you know, right. Most of them are still at the store. <laughs> they're know, still in the they didn't all make it into the consumer's hands. <laughs> every every store has a closet that is just variant covers. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. From the nineties. Yeah. yeah. Um, has, so, has anybody heard? Um, has anybody heard that that some uh, some stores are considering not taking new issues in? That they're just going to be keeping the vintage comic books or the older comic books and not accepting any new product. Have you heard I have that? not heard that. No, I, I I've heard, heard, that. heard some rumblings, heard some rumblings about that, that some of them are just saying that, you know, it's too hard to sell the new stuff. And so they're just making themselves more of a, a collectible store and collecting all the issues. Most of the new stuff, it, most of the new stuff now selling under the speculation mark and all the hot stuff gets sold and everything else kind of sits, sits around. Well, um, you know, uh, we are currently in, 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 in this period of history, Marvel and DC are selling at an all-time historical low. They have never sold as poorly their comics ever in their history as they have been in, in recent years. Now, 
that's a whole other episode as to why that might be happening and, and we're not going to go there um <laughs> but it, the facts are that that this is an all-time historical low for marvel and dc uh before i circle uh, back around to the, the question i wanted to, to kind of get to talking about the stores because uh, you were talking about people doing good things, uh, you know, Rob Liefeld. Uh, I, I noticed that one of the things Rob has been doing has been um, he has been auctioning off. Uh, he'd been doing drawings and auctioning off the drawing. And then all those proceeds will go to a, a random store that he has selected. Um, yeah, I, Jim I Lee's to... doing something, too. Is he? Yeah, Jim um, Lee started actually before Rob did. Oh, someone told me Jim Lee had been quiet for the last two weeks. They hadn't heard. From no, him, Jim so. Lee's been no? pumping out drawings like crazy, like a day, and it, it auctions off on eBay, and it goes towards the uh, comic book retailer uh, relief fund. Good, mm-hmm. good. That's good to hear. Yeah, Jim Lee's always been uh, a top shelf kind of guy. So, so let's circle back around to this. This this may be a little contentious, <clears throat> uh, and and we may have some differing ideas here, and this is fine, but. Um, one of the things that I've I've seen from some of the uh, crowdfund groups, right, is that uh, why should we care about the comic shops when they don't support our books? Um, the idea is that, look, you know, I can't get into the comic shops because the comic shops won't support the crowdfunded books. So they don't support my work. So why should I support them? Because crowdfunding doesn't really need the comic shop. And someone, one of you mentioned it earlier, maybe even been Alex, yeah. is that, that, that uh, you know, we're seeing this as, as an alternative method to getting work to the, 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 the consumer. So, Didn't you have a retailer, uh, retailer uh, tier, pledge tier for Cat and Mouse? I, I always have a retailer tier for any... And, and unless something just w- weird happens, I will always have a retailer tier for Silverline Books because they hold a special place in my heart, right? Because they were they were very good to me when I broke in as a rookie. I am not suggesting that is my opinion. I was no, saying, but most Kickstarters don't, right? And uh, I, yeah, I, I would say it's for me. It is weird to be a a comics fan, comics. Pro comics, whatever, and not and not <laughs> have, above. and not have your favorite like some of your favorite favorite childhood memories be like walking into a local mom and pop or a local atomic and just seeing the walls covered in yeah. this nerd gloriousness. Um, <laughs> and, and for a lot of these um, people, like this is something that um, we talked about at Full Sail all modern all the time. Uh, it happens a lot in film too. Is you get people who are more or less kind of uh, uh, better about not getting their due, and a lot of it comes down to networking. Like that's something that Roland covered in his class. That's something <laughs> that I, I started doing once I started my own professional career is going into the shops, meeting the owners, and they say, "Hey, I'm a local pro, whatever. Here's my book." They're like, I mean, I'll hold on to it, and if it sells, I'll give you cash. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like. That's how a lot of people get their start. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, and it's in Oregon is a little weird because Oregon is kind of indie central. We have Dark Horse, <clears throat> Image, and Oni all kind of in a triangle around each other. Yeah. And um, so if you go into any shop, it's always those three at the front. And then on top of that, you have 
people who live in the state on top of that. It's more about people you might walk across the street rather than, you know, Marvel and DC. It's yeah. they kind of comics are going back to more of a uh, community standpoint. It almost feels like with now Twitter being the online representation of that, we see a lot of comics pros just creating these giant circle bubbles. Yeah. 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 I know comic shops here in Memphis are very much about the supporting the local books mm-hmm. that come through. Well, well, the first issue of Cat and Mouse, uh, uh, they didn't support the second one, but the first issue of Cat and Mouse, uh, one of the local 901 comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but uh, I can't remember how many. I'd have to go back and look. But at, least 20, at least 20 uh, copies of the first issue, uh, and they've got their logo on them. So, you know, that, that in and of itself is a, you know, for those of you, those people who, they want all versions. There is a version of Cat and Mouse One that has the 901 Comics logo on it. Yeah. So if, if you're trying to get one of every copy, you got to go get one of those. The <laughs> only place you can get that is 901 Comics, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So again, I, I'm not suggesting this was my opinion. I'm, I was saying this is an opinion that that you know I had seen kind of circulated among some of the 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 uh, crowdfunding. Uh, crowdfunding crowds uh right. and and there there may have been a little bitterness in there i i don't, I don't know uh I, I can't i can't speak with any authority but in seeing that it just made me think that you know one of the things that, that we, we make sure that we always do we're always going to have a, a, a retailer tier now we may have a variety of uh we may have you know books that we uh crowdfund that we don't get any retailer support it doesn't mean I'm going to take it away. I'm going to I'm right. going to leave the tier there, and and we we will continue hopefully reaching out to retailers. Well, um, I, w- I would say I, hopefully there is a you know there needs to be a, a rising tide raises all boats uh, mentality because you know comic shops uh, create a love of comics, and that you know that foundation is what makes uh, crowdfunding possible. You have to have enough people out there that love comics. That that want to crowdfund and get the the perks and everything, and you have to, uh, uh, you know, you you have people that are patronizing crowdfunding that are also patronizing those shops. So even though the shop may not be supporting you, there's cross pollination there that's uh, good for the whole. I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I would agree. And and something I would say, I mean, well, okay, I, is... I would think you, you just want to catch one net. You, you know, I would think so. I'm, I'm sorry, Brent. Go ahead. Okay. Are you? Am I coming through? Okay. You guys are freezing up on me a little bit. Okay. I, I can hear you. Okay. Chaos is my first book, and when I when we started doing the Kickstarter, I was new to that too. But something I just had to keep firm was um, this is really cool and it's a dream, but. Let's, I mean, be real. It's also my first book. For me to, like, start saying, well, I think that my local comic shop should carry my work is kind of like me as a screenwriter saying, well, I just made it my first feature. My local theater should totally carry it. And um, that's just a bit much to It's not necessarily slamming the quality of an independent comic work, but at the same time, there's a reality of the business that just says... And so that's what I think about that. (laughs) (laughs) That was so very informative. I can't believe you said that. 
Don't ever say Man, that again. Man, somebody's going to be so mad. <laughs> that, that was so profound. Uh, you can't say that about my mom. Or that is the solution for everything. I can't believe we hashed it all out. We, are, yeah. Yeah, we have uh, solved all the industry of woes. Yeah, so... I think Tommy's overselling it there. <laughs> so... Uh, so yeah, for those of you who are with us, we apologize. We had a, a, a stream snafu that, uh, we were just still talking. We didn't realize it had stopped, but, um, yeah, so apologize, uh, for that. Um, so I, 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 I don't know exactly, did someone else have it before I went to the next thing? Did someone else have anything they wanted to, to toss in before I mentioned the next thing that we talk about? Uh, my name is Thomas Floramonte. I'm the anchor of Oh, we're not going back that far? <laughs> That's a nice image that you're inking there, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. That looks like go. the Ten of Clubs, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, I know what page that is. Nice. That's the double page spread from the first uh, the first. first is, yeah, part. Page, page two. Page two. That's page right, two and page, three, actually. It's a double three. page spread yeah. that you got a big, a big thing that you're going to put some words on the side over here, yeah. I'm guessing. And, and for some reason, Tommy doesn't ink them in sequential order. I don't, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand that. He sent me, hey, here's page five. I'm like, what happened to page one through four? That was, that was from the second part. <laughs> we had a plan. I'm working the plan. You know what? As long as they get done, that's that's all that matters to me. Hey, you're, you're, we saw your chat message pop up again. No, it didn't. Did it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. I thought I fixed all that. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, yeah, if you keep it up there, we'll all know what kind of messages you're getting. I know. Uh, <laughs> hold on. So, uh, I'm going to switch back to my normal, my normal yeah, me, and then I'm right. going to work on that. That's his girlfriend so, delivery. There, I look, I'm back as me. Yeah. There you go. So, um, so one of the things that, um, one of the things that I've been kind of uh, eyeing the last, I don't know, about two weeks, uh, I became part of a, and I don't know how private it is. Uh, I, I, I just don't know. There's a private Facebook group. Uh, can, that's contained uh, with a bunch of retailers with a handful of creators, and yes. um, and, and there I will say this, and I'm not going to mention any any retailer names at all. But there's a lot of anger in there. There's a lot of anger with these retailers directed towards Diamond and Marvel and DC. They and are mad. They're mad. <laughs> they are they're, very mad. They're, I mean, they're just they're just angry. So so what I'm seeing though, and and, and I, I will say, as an independent comic book maker, this kind of excites me. Obviously, I have all kinds of concerns, but it kind of excites me. One of the things that they're saying in there is they th there are a bunch of them. Not all of them now. All of there's some of them that are saying that oh, I can't survive. My store can't survive without Marvel and DC. I don't care how good your independent comic book is. My store can't. There are some of those, right? There are some that are like, you know what? I want your independent comic. I want to stop buying Marvel and DCs. Send me your stuff. And so I will I will tell you guys for the last couple of days I've been sending PDFs out right and left to a, a, a bunch of retailers. Now, I don't know what's going to come of this. I've already had one say, "Yes, I want to uh by the way, Brent, we got to talk. We got to get some signed copies from you <clears> somehow." <throat> I've already had one say, "Yes, I want copies of Kalis and I want copies of Cat and Mouse. How do I get them?" And so for me, this is like, I mean, this is great. I don't, I mean, I can get these books directly into a retailer's hands and they can get these books to fans that may not, that may not otherwise be aware of us. So, 
So I guess I want to toss this out at, at, at y'all for kind of some feedback. So what I'm kind of seeing from this is because I see a lot of this anger, I, I see it as a, a, a possible opportunity for the independent market right now to step up and say, okay, you can't get your Marvel and DC books, but guess what? You can get some Silverline books because I don't use that great big printer that shut down for them. I use print on demand who's I use print on demand who's still printing, right? They're still printing and shipping books. Uh, you know, so you need 20 books. I can, you know, I can say, Hey, my printer, uh, I need 20 books. Can you, sh- can you print them and ship them? I don't even have to go there. I can just tell them what it now, if you would need me to sign them or if you want somebody to sign them, then that's a little different. We've got to figure that out. But if you just want product, if you don't want books, uh, then we can do that. There's a lot of creators who have boxes of stuff that they can send as well. So, uh, so it seems to me like we're kind of on a cusp of something mm-hmm. for independent comics. What do you guys think? Um, yeah, I think I think it's 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 a phenomenal opportunity, and I think right now I I see it even within my um, my own separate industry and the whole martial arts thing. But I think in a lot of things, a lot of people are using this moment to either almost like a cash grab, you know, or trying to take advantage or, you know, uh, play the situation a certain way. And really, I think it's an opportunity for everybody to build relationships, business relationships with each other. And I think everybody's going to remember when we come out the other side of this, how they were treated, what relationships they had, who did them wrong. And, and um, I think a lot of those store owners, those retailers have a good reason to be upset. And um, the, the bigger companies have some some concerns, you know. I think I think everybody's going to remember how this is dealt with right now. I'm not, not sure about how it's doing with the um, uh, vendors, but Valiant right now um, is uh, they're just at the point where I feel like they're not as big as say the big four, but they're also mm-hmm. they have enough surplus that they should be able to weather this fairly okay. Uh, but they're at the point where they're just harboring so much goodwill. Um, because they released Bloodshot, and they, they, their whole thing right now is, we know you guys need to see it, and even though it wasn't that good, but let's be honest, it's Vin Diesel shooting stuff that doesn't need to be good. Um, but their, their whole thing is, we, we know you guys are missing out a lot of property right now, so what we're going to do is, every day, we're going to give you two free comics uh, just in our open Dropbox. And they're using that, to, of course, to push their sales on their own digital platform, and that seems to be working well for them. Uh and I've seen a lot of engagement with their Twitter that I haven't seen like in the weeks beforehand. So just kind of taking that more indie approach of being direct to consumer where Valiant is saying like, hey, it's comics is just you to us to you. So here's what we can do to make your life easier since things got really weird. Well, Scout's going directly. They're shipping directly out to people, too. They're doing where you order from them and they'll ship it directly to you um, in light of Diamond not shipping anymore from what i've understood yeah uh, but uh yeah and, and, I, uh, and that's what i was talking about we we could be doing as well and, and go ahead I, i've got to toss some stuff out but go ahead yeah i find it funny that there's retailers out there that are like i just can't carry into i can't sell independent comics it's like well you're selling image right that's how that started yeah you know the some of the and biggest IDW titles out there, and Boom and the, Dark Horse. Those are all yeah, independent. Some of the biggest comics. titles that have come out within the recent last twenty years have been from Image, Saga, Walking Dead, Spawn's still going, and <laughs> has Eclipse three hundred. They're still like like 
And I know comic retailers made loads of money off of a lot of that. So to crap on independent uh, publishers is basically like saying, well, eh, so what? You know, Image didn't really do anything for us either, which is a lie. It's it's just, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's one of the things I was talking about. You know, you mentioned Scout, you know, uh, our buddies. Um, that's one of the things I was talking about that we have the ability to do. Um, because we have a, a good, you know, we know that our, our, our printer is still working. We have a good relationship with the printer. Uh, if somebody needs comics, we can get them to them in a very reasonable amount of time, right? It's not if someone says, "Hey, I, I, you know, I want you know ten copies of this, ten copies of that, four copies of that." We could do that in w- without telling them, "Okay, well, you, you, six weeks from now, you'll get your books." No, I mean, I, I'd, I'd have to confirm with the w- with the printer, but. I would say probably, I'm guessing, two weeks-ish at tops. What do you think, Tommy? I mean, would that be a good guess? Well, I don't know who your printer is you're talking about, but <laughs> they, they uh, oh, kablam. You're yeah, talking yeah. about the, yeah. oh, you need a new shirt. What's wrong with that shirt? Look how crackly yeah. that shirt is. Yeah. We got to get you, I mean, if that, that, he, that he sleeps in it, he drinks in it, he eats in it, he I'm sure he in it. It's, I'm gonna um, send. I'm gonna send one of the partners a message tonight. See if we can't get them to sponsor us. So they, yeah, well, I, okay. we've talked about this. Yes, I know. Um, I, the, got, I, uh, you told me exactly who I need to contact. I'm going to do that tonight. The um, if it's you know if it's a new product, of course we got to go through all the stuff of or or that company that you keep speaking of has to go through of uh, uh prepping the book, making sure it's can prep. But if it's just a reorder, that stuff can go out in days. Yeah. yeah. Oh, days. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if it's a book that, for instance, Cat and Mouse One, if I just say, "Hey, I need, you know, I need fifteen copies of Cat and Mouse One," that's literally a days kind of thing, right? Didn't somebody put an order for like fifty of them and pick them up two days later? I, he, one or three days he did, later? but I didn't know if I was allowed to say that kind of thing. <laughs> no, where, where the, the, so, that company is 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 the one? Can I say the? Can I take yeah. city? The thing about the, the well, there's oh. a lot of bad things about the Corona thing, but the this we are yeah beep yeah we're hey hold the, on wait I feel you feel bad okay the yeah, Roland <laughs> told me to behave yeah he did tell you to behave <laughs> I did. the um we're 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 catching up completely on pretty much everything so and we've always we've been trying for the past year or two to make the the turnaround time even shorter and shorter and shorter now it really stinks that we but we have the opportunity now to actually do all these things that we were wanting to do um because of the fact that we're the orders are coming in just for everybody not just for us the orders are coming in slow even though we can go to work uh you know we're we're going every other day kind of thing and just the question and, and, within the office or to the office yeah. right yeah. just one of us so there's only one person there all the time now even though the rest of us are uh you know remote accessing in and pro- proofing files sending orders we're working on the website all that kind of good stuff i mean they're working on the website those yeah. guys <laughs> and but they're 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 gonna turn that what we used to say the you know the the 28 day turnaround we're gonna make it a week or two Wow, and then impressive. if we can, yeah, we have the capability of of of, of doing that. So yeah. this is going to give us the opportunity to. Well, unfortunately, 
Yeah, you know, it's, I, it's, it's, it's really, I, when you and I talked about it earlier today. Yeah. I meant when you and the people from that group, <laughs> they they talked about, I heard y'all talking about it and, yeah. you know, and, and, and we hate me and my business or the business partner. Okay. I'm, I own, I have owned Kablam. Okay. Everybody, there you go. I don't think anybody had picked up on I that. don't think so. No, but we, um, really, Tommy? We, what? I, yeah, 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 yeah. This is the but first we, I'm hearing of this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I, I, I didn't wear my Kablam shirt. Let me go get my Kablam shirt. I'll be right there. I, I wore it for you. <laughs> there you go. But, uh, yeah, there's, yours, there's all mine. kind of, uh, <laughs> you got your, there's, yeah, there's all kind of things things that we've been trying to do, but because we're so busy and, you know, there's only a few of us that work there, you know, just to keep the prices low, we, uh, we, we try, you know, we, we don't, we feel bad that everybody's got sick, but this is going to make it so if, you know, well, we're going to be able to fix a lot you. of them. Yeah. 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 I, I, and, but I, I don't like to say it that way because it makes well, me, makes me tear up a little bit because I don't want this to be the reason why we're catching well, I don't think anybody blames you for COVID, no. uh, but but I think I, I, but I think this is an example of what we have to do in this. We've got to figure out how to take a really bad thing and try yeah. to come up with some good stuff. And yeah. and, and this is well, kind well, of well that the, you know the COVID is the circumstance that's yeah. out there, and this it. is working inside that reality. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah it's true. That's so that's so true. Yeah, it, and it it. it it, it it makes you feel bad, but you gotta do what you gotta do. I guess I don't. Well, and I and I think that you know, uh, as all of us here, we're, we're gathered here because we like comics and we we work on comics, we make comics. This is what we enjoy doing. As as terrible as COVID is, and it is, we have to. We ha I mean, we're creators. We have to remain optimistic. We have to remain yeah. positive about the things that we are doing. And if there is an opportunity for us to find some good in this bad, then I think I think the onus is on us to do that. We, we it must. Is. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, it's it's uh... independent comics can 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 be elevated from from here to here. Yeah. Because We're... of bad things that have happened to Marvel and DC. Well, I don't want any terrible things to happen no. to, to people there. No, but, our our people in general. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guarantee you, nobody on this stream loves the comic that they are writing or drawing less than anybody who works at Marvel and DC. We just don't have the popularity and the fame that they do, but we do not love our comics less. And in fact, I would put our product against all anything that Marvel and DC does, right? Now, they've got some rock stars. They've got some superstars. Alex is over there. Yeah, I'm glad my mic's muted. I'd name a couple of artists over there, right? <laughs> <laughs> they've got some rock stars, of course. But well, I mean, you know, I've worked for Marvel before. You know, I've done Spider-Man. I've worked on all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I just want to make comics. And yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and I think that's the point about independent comics is that, that, that yes, you can find some crap. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff out there being published that's really good, and I, I, you know, I, you know I, yes, I'm biased, but I, I think Silverline uh, can can stand up against, uh, you know, just about anything that's that's published out there. Um, yes, I absolutely love Walter Simonson. Alec, plug gears for a minute. I love Walter <laughs> Simonson's work. I can look at his pencils all day long, and I will buy just about anything that has his name on it, except for 
one writer that was associated with him at one point in time, I wouldn't buy that. But I love Walter Simonson's work, right? So, so they've got some superstars, yes. But now Walter Simonson has been doing, for the last couple of years, work with, uh, I think it's IDW, the Ragnarok. Uh, who's that with? Does anybody know? I've been buying it, but I can't remember what publisher it's with. Right. <laughs> Alex, mm-hmm. Alex, thumbs up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, he but, won't but, unmute his uh, his uh, stream, yeah. so he's just gonna draw a picture for you. Yeah, IDW. Yeah, IDW. Yeah, and I, you know, I've been buying that because it's it's uh, you know it's Walter Simonson. But again, I, I look at this as an opportunity, and I will tell you guys, uh, Tommy Tommy kind of uh, talked about it. Yeah, I, I I picked up fifty books from him because one of the things I'm doing from this site is these retailers are asking from com- for comics. I chunked a, I put a chunk of money down and I printed up a bunch of books and I said, if you want comics, I'm going to send them to you. And I know that I'm not the only one. I know that there are other, uh, other uh, small press publishers out there doing that. But if there's a retailer right now that's, that's hurting and needs product and, and will, will honestly look at Silverline product, I'm going to put it in their hands. Yeah. Uh, You know, it, it may cost me money to do, but it seems to me like this is a, a worthwhile investment for Silverline because this uh, this is this is kind of a, a goodwill money if you if you if it you, is you know, yeah and support them by saying look here's some books if you sell them you know pay for my you know pay for my shipping uh, or, or order some more if you sell them order some more co- copies and let us put some more Silverline books on on your shelf. Um, you know, and I, I remain optimistic, uh, you know, Tim's even, uh, you know, hinted that he's working on a book that's yet to be announced. And one of the things we set off stream that I'll, I'll, I'll say now, just to give a little uh, hint, oh. we lined up an artist for a, a, a project for Sid just to, just today, yesterday. Right. Uh, and, and you know, still, there's still got a lot to do on yesterday. So, yeah. Yeah, he said yes today. Okay, yeah, yes. To, I was thinking yes. Yeah, he said yes today. So oh, the we, days are blending together. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. So you know, this is a this is another sit project that, that it's still you know months away, but we're putting it into production now. Something else that we're going to have available. Uh, and I, I just got to say, you know, as as the, the person who kind of sees all this coming together back here, it really excites me to see all the stuff that we're doing. So yeah. Mm-hmm. One one thing I was thinking too is, you know, I mean, what's so special is, you know, opportunities aside, I mean, it's an opportunity for everybody to tell their story. And, you know, as artists, we're helping people. I mean, you give somebody a good story and you inspire them and take them out of their everyday element right now, which isn't the best for everybody. I mean, it's a tremendous opportunity to do a lot of goodwill by what everybody's devoted their lives to doing, which is art. I mean, that's why everybody's here. And I think that's, as long as everybody kind of has that, that moral compass to it, I think it's it's a phenomenal opportunity. Yeah, and I hope that you are finding time to work on your project. I'm on it. <laughs> Good, you better be, because I'll have to drive out to California and whoop you if you're not. Okay. Oh boy. And I don't care what kind of kung fu you Pay have. Good money right? to see that. <laughs> yeah. I don't care about the kung fu. I'll stick Tim on you. 
the yeah, face is where I, all the money's made, you know, not the face. I'm, <laughs> the money I'm just right? I'm just up at Oregon, and uh, I have some training Muay Thai, so I'll make that a stretch goal that if we get enough money on the next project, uh, Curtis and I will spar. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Again, not the face. Not the face. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Brett, Brett wanted to know if we could actually stream it. I I I think yeah. that should be part of a Kickstarter package. <laughs> I say make it yeah. a fresh goal, yeah. Tickets to yeah. live stream, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, well, all I gotta say is if that's the case, my uh, fighting name is the Raging Eurasian. So just remember. <laughs> <The> Ra- <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so yeah, I, I think that uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in the in- industry. Uh, Diamond is doing some some you know questionable things. Uh, why they don't pay people, I don't really know. Why they're not paying uh, folks, I, I don't really get it. I know that it's interesting times. Uh, a lot of shops are in trouble right now, uh, and, and so I, I think we are on uh, we're on the cusp of change. Now, what what that's going to look like on the other side of uh, of COVID, I don't know. But, you know, one of the things that some of us, a couple of us here are, are old enough to remember, and even those that are not old enough to remember know the, know the stories, is that uh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, you know, the, the industry went through another major change in the late 70s and early 80s when we went from newsstand-only distribution to the direct market uh, prior to the late, late 70s. Um, the only way you get comic books were through the newsstands, through the spinner racks at 7-Elevens and convenience stores and literal newsstands, right? And then the comic specialty shop came around in the late 70s and kind of spent the 80s taking over. And uh, I mean, when Curtis, when me and Curtis were working at uh, Malibu, Malibu had, this was in early 90s still, Malibu had both direct market copies and newsstand copies. And while we were there, uh, we we stopped the newsstand distribution completely. So, um, and, and this was you know this was early '90s. So I don't you know I'm not saying that we're on that that we're about to see that kind of change in the industry. But if it happens, and in two years we're looking back to this point, I will say that I will say this now: it would not surprise me if we are at that point. Uh, where we see another kind of historical change. Well, you know, I, the, the world is going to be different anyway after COVID. So mm-hmm. I think we're absolutely yeah at a point of change. And um, I, you, you know, it's kind of we will see what happens, but the future is different. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I think that's uh, that's kind of an excellent uh, remark to kind of close on. Well, Let's see if you guys got any additional thoughts. Uh, I do. Uh, before okay. we end it, I did kind of have uh, some notes here that I wanted to say for kind of a, Please do. a mouthwash section, a feel-good moment before we end it. Um, <laughs> okay. So uh, in particular, this goes for any uh, creatives out there who are full-time artists or whatever and have lost income from conventions or now pencils down orders and uh, since you're looking at perhaps an entire season without any income mm. uh creative capital has a five thousand dollar grant for any um, individual artist who is without income for the foreseeable future um mad cave studios um uh who their uh 
I believe he's the editor in chief, was also a uh, role of the grad from my class. Um, they just put out a uh, fundraiser. Uh, it's kind of a shop outreach where they put in ten thousand dollars of their own cash to re- like donate to local shops. Wow. So who, who is that? Uh, Chris Sanchez. Oh, really? Yep. He works oh, over cool. Again. Yeah. Uh, so they they put together uh, that fundraiser and uh, the comic book legal defense fund mm-hmm. has compiled a list of any potential grants or aid that uh, artists or writers or anyone in the industry can apply for to kind of help make ends meet during the next couple of months sweet uh tim will you do me a favor and uh, uh send those to me in a message and yeah. then when we're done i'll add them to the uh to the info on the streams uh on on youtube so for those of you who are listening to that i'll I'll put that down in the down below there um show notes show notes yeah yeah yeah. uh anybody else final notes final thoughts i'm just happy to be on the stream with everybody (laughs) yeah we're glad to finally be here we get a thumbs up from alex (laughs) (laughs) hey alex no 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 pencils down for you I saw that pencil hit the page. Nope, nope, nope. So uh, most, so you know, most yes. of the questions that did come up have uh-huh. all been answered. Um, okay, but good. one, and the question is to Alex and Tommy, Uh-oh. what are the X's on your artwork on your pages? <laughs> they're X-rated comic books. Every time we go XXX, there's things <laughs> that, no, no, no. That means you fill in those areas in black. So you can kind of, when you're drawing and you're inking and all that kind of stuff, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're kind of, what's it's the a word? Shortcut. There you go. I, I, yeah. You're cause you, then you come back later and, and fill in the black. So you yeah. can go and you can outline everything and do, do all your feathering and uh, you know, all of the, the fine little, the little work. And then, you know, instead of wasting all the time, Xing it in, you could, or not exiting in, uh, blacking it in. Uh, you just put a big X there and then hand it to, you know, your wife or whatever. Say, fill this in, fill this in. <laughs> but but in my case, because it's uh, uh, I'm doing it on the iPad, I can just use the the, the, the bucket, bucket thing and just, <laughs> just fit yeah. as long as I, you know. Yeah, and I'm then still I, doing I'm it guessing, the traditional way. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> and then, then Alex, of course, he's because he's, you know, he's penciling. He can just put X's where he wants right. just the solid blacks to be, that kind of thing. Yeah. Is and, that and what you were going to say, Alex? Because you, your microphone's still turned up. Oh, here, here we go. Our thumbs up again. There, here we go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh... <laughs> look at him oh. filling it in now. There you go, big X. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a great way for a um, <laughs> it's a great way for a penciler. Uh, it, it's um, what's a <clears throat> shorthand? It's shorthand. Yeah, sure penciler, yeah, a penciler can do this, and, and rather than spending all the time, as you saw Alex do, filling in all the blacks, you can just put an X. John, is then, that what you do also when you just when you kind of outline all the stuff and then come back later and fill in the blacks? Or you, Yeah, you just, I spot all the blacks, do all yeah. the feathering and stuff, and then come back. Yeah, yeah I've, I've seen people cool. do That's all kinds of question. different things. Yeah. Who asked that question, BJ? There, There's another really good Red Rider. Oh. Who? Thank you, Red Rider. Red Rider. <laughs> he doesn't know like, another one is the uh the the barry windsor smith thing when you put the the yeah the the, the black with stars or whatever yeah 
Why is Barry Windsor Smith's initials all over these pages? Yeah, I know. That's what I used to way back in the day. I would see that, and I'm like, what? What is this? What is, Alex, am I supposed to write that in there? Small, Alex. Do it again. Put put it back up there, Alex. I didn't see it. Oh, yeah, BWS. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Black with stars. Yeah, black that's with when, stars. Yeah, that's when the penciler didn't want to draw all the little dots where he thought stars would be and let the inker just have fun at it. Oh, uh, look at Alex. Uh, he's adding the moon. Oh, he's yeah. adding the moon in there. It's a, it needs to be a pink moon, huh? A pink yeah. moon. Yeah. Was it pink? It didn't even look it, pink it, for us. It looked. It, it's uh, not. Yeah, it doesn't really. It doesn't really show up pink. It's just, yeah. I, I didn't. We peeked at it and it's like it looks white to me. So yeah, I know. So no, I, 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 did. I, I saw some people that posted. Well, this, this is another story. We're talking about something else. Okay. Anyway, go ahead, brother. <laughs> uh, was uh, any other questions there, BJ? That was it, because all of them were answered while y'all were talking. Excellent. That sounds good. Well, I'm glad to know that we anticipate the questions that we're going to get, and we can we can answer those beforehand. Uh, all right, so uh, we're going to run through uh, Murderous Row. Uh, everybody, uh, tell our listeners where they can find you on the social medias. I will uh, also include that in the uh, uh, about section the, the the more info uh but before i go don't forget everyone to i'll probably say this again at the end don't forget to click like click subscribe i noticed on uh, youtube we're up to 25 subscribers we're we're, we're trying Woo-hoo. to hit that that 100 mark so that uh i forget what we can do oh i can name the channel yeah i can name the channel instead of xgw question mark 90 xdo which i think is what it is now oh, that's so. what i've been telling people it was if we can get it. to 100 uh I, I, I memorize that and we can actually name the channel so um oh, so yeah, please, come up please with hit, hit the like hit the subscribe uh and now we'll go through the row alex tell people where they can find you on the social medias uh, you can find me on Instagram at my name and then two, so Alex Gallimore two. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, the same thing, but uh, Alex Gallimore 25. And then uh, Facebook's just my name. So sweet. And can, can you, can you, uh, can you unzoom a little bit and let us see the entire page that you've been working on there? Uh, well, I have the middle part uh, covered up, you know, covered up because it's a uh, oh, story stuff. Spoiler. Secret. Yeah, oh, good. Want to story. You, Thank you. This other page. Oh, there you go. Dun, nice. dun, dun. Look at you. You're thinking ahead, covering up the spoiler stuff. Yep. Oh, not me. <laughs> I'm showing everything. Time to give you a raise, right? <laughs> all right so uh thank you uh alex i'll drop all that in uh, uh below Britt, what about you where can people find you on your one social media you cannot find me i will never be found you'll never catch me until i actually get around to doing more stuff meanwhile brent larson on facebook all right and john what about you <laughs> he's in the phone book yeah. Uh, what about me? What? Where, where can people find you on the interwebs? Um, generally hiding until I do a <laughs> sketch. Um, now, uh, there's my personal page, uh, which lately, because of the giveaways I've been doing once a week, is uh, my name. I do have a uh, art page, uh, also on Facebook, uh, Twitter. Uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, I believe that's my name, also. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can't remember all these things. I got so much going on. Um, uh, yeah, and I got a Patreon too, so you can find me there also. All right. And uh, uh, like I said, for Alex and Brent, I'll make sure I put it down there. So make, make sure you send that to me. Curtis, what about you? Where can, uh, where can people find you on the interwebs? On the interwebs, you can find me on Facebook, just Curtis, K-U-R-T-I-S, F-U-J-I-T-A. And then um, you can also find me on other social media. It's usually my martial arts stuff. It's a Tiger Crane, one word, 805. And that's on Instagram and YouTube. And uh, that's pretty much it. Excellent. Uh, Sid, what about you? Where can people find you? Uh, my website, I need to make a, a sign for that too, is Sid, <laughs> SidIsAlive.com. Uh, Sid is alive. Uh, all uh, the words crushed together. Uh, and uh, also uh, on uh, Twitter, I do have the sign for that. Oh, uh, there it is. Sydney, Sydney underscore Williams on Twitter. And of course, there are links to my other presences there. Uh, on Facebook, uh, you can find me uh, just as an individual, and you can find Sydney Williams books. So, facebook.com slash Sydney Williams books. Uh, and that'll include information about my uh, uh, novels, short stories, comics, and everything. Okay, and I would cool. love to have you drop by because yep. I'm trying to build a fan base. And Sid's also, <laughs> um, um, don't you have you've been doing kind of like a regular monthly reading of some short stories, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, that's on my YouTube channel. Um, and uh, just search Sydney Williams on YouTube. And I, I'm doing uh, flash fiction, it's roughly every six weeks or so, trying okay. to build up about 10, 10 of those. And- yeah. Next time you do that, give me uh, give me a heads up and uh, Silverliner promote that for you. We'll I, you know yeah. we'll shout it out. I'll probably do one soon. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've, I think I, I don't know how many you've done, but I've listened to a couple of them from you. Um, Just very short, uh, little yep, hard stories. Yep, yeah, yeah. And the way you were reading, I, I felt like you were sitting right beside me and uh, at Applebee's again. Tommy, what about you? Where can people find you on the social medias? Uh, Thomas Floramonte. Let's spell it because nobody ever gets it right. It's F-L-O-R-I-M-O-N-T-E. And I'm pretty much on everything. Just look up Floramonte. And my personal web web space out there is infernostudios.com. Links to everything is there. But Floramonte, the only one. Poor me, I'm all by myself. I'll put the links below. Tim, what about you? I am on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TimTKWriter. If you just Google TimTK, you'll get Tim Takahashi, the ESPN sportscaster who is decidedly Asian and not me. (laughs) Uh, I am also on TikTok at TimDoesn'tTikTok. And I am on Twitch as well, and I'll be streaming... um, I think Call of Duty Warzone tonight at around 10 p.m. All right, cool. So, uh, so Tim, make sure you get me that link as well. I'll drop it in the oh. in the, the info below. Oh, and uh, Brett asked me. Brett asked me for my Twitch, and that is at Agro Bacon. One word: Agro as an aggressive and bacon. <laughs> Very good. And uh, before we get to me, I want to shout out to John Medic, who for years I called John Mitch. Uh, John Medic. Who was not able to join us because we learned today, and I feel so bad, John. If I if you were here, I would give you a big bro hug, man. Uh, we learned that apparently uh, Google Hangouts has a limit of ten, and so John was 
was desperately trying to join and Google Hangouts kept saying, no, 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 rejected, rejected. And we couldn't figure it out. And he did some uh, internet sleuthing to find out that we had reached our, our max number of participants. So uh, so shout out to John, who is the writer creator of uh, Sniper and Rook. And uh, he's got some other cool, awesome things coming along. In fact, uh, one of those things, uh, I'll just give you a, a way far advance hint here. One of those things will be drawn by uh, by Alex. So uh, we're, we're pretty excited to that. And, and this and this one project has about a 30 year history uh, to it. So now uh, we're pretty excited about that. I am Roland Man. You can find me at uh, on uh, Twitter and Facebook and what's the other one? Instagram. Look for Roland Man. Often you can look for my uh, caricature which looks a little bit like uh, that right there. There it is. Uh, yep. You can find, uh, if you find that, you have found me. I think my most recent version has a, a set of glasses, thanks to uh, to our pal Jeff Whiting. I think I'm going to send it back to Jeff and ask him if he'll add me a, a, a COVID mask uh, to to my uh, uh, caricature. Am I the only um, one who thinks there's tribal, you got tribal-like designs in your goatee in that little caricature is it just (laughs) no what so the story behind that is uh when he did it he he looked at it and he goes yeah i think there's something wrong with the caricature and i looked at him like what i think it looks great because you know my eyes are kind of squinty i I didn't realize it until the character but i kind of have squinty eyes you know and he goes no look at your look at yourself in the mirror and i'm like what he goes your goatee's all gray. That's all brown. That's 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 the, that's not an accurate caricature. Oh. So he added some uh, he added some gray in the uh, in the caricature, um, and now you know he he has added the glasses. So I but I haven't updated it here on, on Google. So he does not need to upgrade the gray to make the it hair, more gray. The, the, the Put some white in there. there. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Talk about my caricature. All right. <laughs> Uh, thank you to, uh, BJ and Brett for working hard behind the scenes. We appreciate all that you do. And, uh, just the end of the stream, unless someone has a question for us, we will see you next week. Same Silverline time, same Silverline channel. Goodbye. Stay Make safe. Mine Silverline. Thank you for listening to the Silverline Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We know we ramble sometimes, but we have fun. And after all, isn't that what comics are all about? We hope you'll follow us on all our social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, Reddit, MeWe, Gab, and whatever new thing pops up between now and the time you listen to us. Please like, follow, share, and remember, make mine Silverline.